Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How is it going? It's going very well, thank you. How about yourself? Wunderbar, Josh. Wunderbar. As this goes out, we've been in lovely Deutschland for a little while now, and I'm feeling right at home. So, the the mother tongue, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, as this as this goes out, it'll be our last day. Will it really? Oh, that's yeah. depressing. Yeah, <laughs> already, sorry. I'm already at end of the holiday mode. I haven't even gone on holiday yet. Thanks. <laughs> My apologies. Right, well, I mean, still, it would have been a fairly nice long trip. The only thing longer, really, was the... Well, will be the entirety of this two-part epic Hollywood Studios trip report. Never before has what should have been one podcast become two podcasts for us. But we, it's probably mostly my fault, rattled on for so long about Galaxy's Edge that we needed to to turn Hollywood Studios into two episodes, which is, uh, and you're getting the second part here today. I think it was important, you know, we, neither of us had ever done Galaxy's Edge before, um, so we had to get up the real impressions of uh, this new land, new to us anyway. Mm, yeah. Careful saying impressions around me, I'll uh, I'll go off on one again, I'll start doing all my Star Wars voices. Oh God. I'm a bit, I'm a bit out of practice, you know. Uh, watching Obi-Wan Kenobi's kind of got got me back doing it. Do a bit of Obi Wan, bit of General Grievous, bit of Chewbacca, bit of Clone General Wars Grievous, narrator man. He was a history teacher for us, right? Uh, yes, I think he was. I think he was. That is a very niche yep. reference. Let's move on before we get too many more of those. So yeah, the first instalment, if you like, of the Hollywood Studios trip report was pretty much entirely Galaxy's Edge. Well, certainly entirely Star Wars, because we did also talk about Star Tours. We talked about the general experience of being there on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, and some of the special stuff they had going on at the park. It was mad. And because at the time, we didn't know that it was only going to be a Galaxy's Edge episode, there was a bit of general chat about the process of getting into Hollywood Studios once you've arrived and started queuing at the turnstiles, which I don't know. I assume it's still the same as of, I guess, six, seven weeks ago. It was a total farce. (laughs) So if you want some sort of tips on how best to, I guess, take advantage of the farcical nature of queuing to get into the park, then do go and listen to part one. Might help yeah. you out if you're going there anytime soon. But yeah, today we'll we'll just dive straight into basically everything but Star Wars and, and work our way around all the other rides that we got done and anything else that comes to mind, really. Uh, Josh, I mean, usually, traditionally, our trip reports are kind of done uh, as we went round the park. It's kind of how yeah. we like to do them. But we're not really, it's not really working for this Hollywood Studios one for, for obvious reasons. So I, I'm going to let you sort of guide the conversation here. Like, What rides 
Are you particularly interested in hearing about, I don't know if you've got a map up in front of you. I do, yeah. I, I feel like that might be, that might make for a more structured conversation than just uh, rattling on about everything there there is uh, that I can remember at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to take us around the park in a, in a sort of fashion, I would say. Um, because obviously we did start around the Star Wars area, the Galaxy's Edge area, and obviously Star Tours. Um, take you, take us on to an, another area which I don't think you've done before, and that is Toy Story Land. That is correct. I had never done Toy Story Land. Some of it was slightly recognisable to me because it's you know the, the the massive buzz and woody and some of the other characters yeah and that greet you when you get into the land which all look fantastic especially on a nice sunny day they're really nicely done but there's some of that in paris in in the studios park they've got their own little Wait. sort of toy story area and there is some of that going on there you know the barrel of monkeys chained across the walkways and the Christmas lights uh, uh, drawn up as well. The the giant buzz standing on. I think he's standing on army men boxes, possibly in Paris. So there's a similar sort of vibe in the Hollywood Studios one, isn't there? And yeah, I think for sure. it's really fantastically themed. I think it looks ter- terrific, and I kind of liked everything that it offered. Really, the only knock against it was. Not really against what was there, but more what wasn't. I'm sure I'm not the first to say that it feels mad to me that there is no dedicated Toy Story shop in the Toy Story land. This franchise that is built on toys. So that's a bit bit odd. And not really an indoor dining option there either. No Pizza Planet or anything like that. You've got a little, uh, is it Woody's Lunchbox stand where you can get things like Pop-Tarts and other kiddie, yes. uh, kiddie sweets and and pastries and things like that and toasted sandwiches. Uh, although I did quite like how on the menu, which is written as if a child has written it, uh, the alcoholic beverages are filed under grown-up drinks, which was a nice <laughs> detail that I appreciated. Uh, and that's kind of permeates the whole land really it's uh it's kind of designed so that you're seeing the whole thing through the eyes of a child and i think it nails it yeah uh, obviously it's meant to be based in the uh, garden area of for andy um and so there is definitely that vibe about it and i think it's really cool i think one of the interesting things is it, authentically there's very little shade um, really adds oh. to the authenticity of the theming. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Possibly. Well, I, some people I I know consider it to be sort of the hottest, one of the hottest theme park lands you can possibly venture into because there is so little shade. It it was not the hottest that I felt at Hollywood Studios across the two days that we were there. Yeah, uh, the hottest I felt at Hollywood Studios was actually queuing for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. There's a substantial chunk of that queue is outside with 
not a huge amount of shelter. So you are completely exposed to the hot Florida sun uh, when you're queuing for that ride. So that was a little unpleasant. But yeah, Toy Story Land certainly does get hot, that is for sure. Uh, But as I said, everything that is there, I think, is really strong. You've got the Slinky Dog Coaster, you've got Toy Story Mania, and then you've got its own sort of take on the teacups uh, with its sort of uh, aliens. uh, What is it called, that ride? Alien alien Swirling Saucers. Alien Swirling Saucers, that's it. I mean, we did do that one. It was one of those sort of, uh, we can get it on Genie Plus, so we may as well. Yeah. kind of rides that is the loudest teacup type ride i've ever been on because the yeah it's an interesting USP design of, right yeah exactly the usp of this one is that rather than just kind of go uh is is rather um rather than just go round in kind of a set area because it's almost like there are sort of rather than one big circular area for all the teacups to go around in as you might be used to this almost has three kind of set apart from one another yeah but they can kind of they link together and the 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 saucer that you are in can essentially swap between each of these separate circles and kind of get locked in to each one but when they transition between the two there's clearly some sort of transition locking mechanism uh, to to kind of release the saucer from one circle and move it into another and it sounds like things are breaking every single time <laughs> so I, I i didn't hugely enjoy it i mean they've got some music oh, on that yeah. on that ride like you've got a friend in me and some other kind of instrumental versions of toy story classics yeah and they play it pretty loud and they have to to try and cover for all the <laughs> ridiculous crashing and banging that goes on. It's it's a it's bizarre. Yeah, um, I think I went on this a few times when we were there because uh, just <laughs> really. Well, we You're were not... with, we were with kids, so it was sort of hey, do we, you know we're passing through or we're going on here? It's like right, who wants to go on this? Okay, uh, I'll go with you then. So I was I was always paired with a child uh, to go on the ride. So that's that's why I won it multiple times. Sure, mate. Sure. <laughs> just you just can't admit to yourself and everyone here that you just love teacups rides. I don't really like teacups rides, but I am interested in variations on a teacup ride. In which so this is actually uh, far more up my straza as a. As they say over here in Germany, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> even though actually we're now in the Netherlands when, when this podcast comes out. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think there's one of these in Paris as well, but it's cars themed, right? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I I did put a video on the Park Crush podcast Twitter, uh, and I'll put links to the the two Hollywood studios. Uh, Twitter threads uh, in the show notes uh, to tr- just to try and capture quite how loud this ride is, and uh, I think I think I got it across. It is it is very loud. It, they they really do thud uh, when they are when they are swapping between the different 
the different circles on that ride. It is very strange. It sounds like a sort of Michael Bay Transformers battle scene almost. <laughs> Optimus Prime punching some Decepticons in the face. Yeah, it is a it is a, a noisy boy, as I say. Yeah. I don't know who says I, that. But... And in, I know I said that, you know, I can't really knock what's there. And I, I think overall... You know, that's the, the swirling saucers is fine. Toy Story Mania is still fun. But what I was going to say is that Toy Story Mania has a similar issue. I feel like those ride vehicles, the way they get around their track, also is quite loud and bumpy. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know if they need to sort of grease it up a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it's it's bumpy. It's not it's not very smooth. You compare it to other shoot 'em up rides. And yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit odd, really. I'm not quite sure why it is the way it is, but I whacked my elbow on the back of my seat on that ride oh. because it was so juddery, and it, <laughs> it gave me a nasty sort of twinge uh, down my lower arm, Ooh. which I did not appreciate. Yeah, that's never fun. No, but I guess uh, yeah. So Midway Mania has been there for a while, anyway, right? So you... yeah. Yeah, I had done that one before, but I hadn't. It, it wasn't part of Toy Story Land before. It was just part of that little Pixar uh, sort of area that they had going on previously. Yeah. Obviously, it fits perfectly into into Toy Story Land. The the new entrance is nicely done. The queue's still really well themed. Uh, it's quite interesting. You come out of the exit now, and it feels like you're in, in kind of the middle of nowhere. You got a little bit of a walk to kind of get back round into Toy Story Land, yeah, from, yeah. from where you come out. Well, um, you say that, so that's going to be where there are, you know. Obviously, you mentioned there's no sit-down restaurant, there's no shop. The shop is going to be there at the exit of Midway Mania. Um, that, that makes sense. And I don't know off the top of my head where the restaurant's going to be actually, but that's also going in sometime this year. Both of those. Right. I d- there was no obvious sign of construction that I could see, unless I'm oh, blind. I think uh, I think the restaurant is structure already exists. It's just not open or visible or like accessible. Right. From what I understand, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case. I mean, other than it being oddly jerky, Twister Romania is still good fun. I think my high score, according to this here Twitter thread, across the two days, was uh, a smidgen over one hundred eighty-four thousand, which was a was a was a ride vehicle high. But they throw up, and I quite like the way they do this. They throw up kind of the high score of the hour of the day and of the month. I think. Yeah. And I've got it here as the the monthly high score when I was there was over five hundred thousand, which. Is a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, last time I went, I was in the high four hundreds. Not to you know, humble brag, or whatever, but uh, yeah, whatever, mate. I don't believe you. Where's the proof? Where's the some, proof, Tom? Some people have it, some people don't. That's all I can say. Hmm. Well. I, I mean, that ride is a is a workout, to be fair. I mean, my arms are pretty knackered by the time I'm off that ride, and that's with a mere 184,000, so... Yeah, it's all about the technique. Um... 
it is. You got you, you really got to pump those those guns to yes yeah, to yeah, get yeah. a decent score. What yeah. what is your approach? Do you take a very like a targeted approach? You go for the high, the high score targets, or are you kind of a scatter fire kind of a guy? You're just constantly firing. I am. I am constantly firing. That that gun is is going off at the ra- at a rate of knots. Um, right. Interesting. I am. I am aiming for the higher high ticket items, but the gun never stops. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess for people that don't know, you know, rather than something like Men in Black or, to a lesser extent, Buzz Lightyear, where there's you know quote unquote a bit of a story to it, you're kind of you're shooting bad guys. Yeah. With this, uh, the setup is literally that you are just going from sort of fairground game to fairground game. Yeah, and, it's shooting uh, gallery after shooting gallery that you'd see at a, at a fairground, like you say, or a, or a carnival or something like that. Yeah, and it's 3D. You wear 3D glasses, and the 3D is decent. There are some good effects. There are obviously, yeah. for the most part, it's you firing things into the screen, uh, whether it's uh, you know a paintball or a dart. Uh, are some of the things that you're firing. Sometimes stuff flies back towards you. And the 3D I found to be pretty effective at times like that. So, yeah, for sure. yeah I think it's still quite enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, I, quite why it's so rough and jerky, I'm not I'm not too sure. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear if I'm just being a massive old man about it or if <laughs> others agree. But generally speaking, I am fine on, on those kinds of rides. And this one seemed far jerkier than than others of its type. So perhaps it does need uh, a little greasing up. Yeah, need some uh, TLC after a long COVID period. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Slinky Dog Dash, though. Now that he he is a smooth boy, that Slinky. <laughs> he is one smooth character. Yeah, uh, that that is one of the most photogenic roller coasters uh, in 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 Disney World. I would say. Oh yes, yeah. it's really just bright and colourful, the colours really pop, it looks really oversaturated, you know, you take any photo of it, you don't have to play with the settings at all, and it and it kind of looks like you have. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's, and it's nice green surroundings, uh, I like the way it's decorated as well, with, you know, again, stuff from Andy's toy box, there are a couple of characters as well, Rex and Jesse are hanging out. And I was surprised that it had launches. And I love how they frame the launches as Slinky uh, sort of winding in on himself uh, Mm. and then being let go. There's some nice sound effects there as well. And the way in which once it gets to the launch station, it it then moves back a little bit to create that sensation and then pings you forward like like an elastic band. It's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah. I really like the sort of Hot, Wall, Hot Wheels track theming as well. So you've got like those sort of Hot Wheels accents going on, like the f- fake flames and the arches and that sort of thing. Mm. Like you're yeah. on a Hot Wheels set. Yeah, my, my kind of main takeaway from Slinky Dog was that I wish it had been around when I was a kid because I just think that you know, I, th- I feel like launch coasters have, they've been quite in vogue 
uh, in Florida for sure over the last sort of 10 years or so. Uh, yeah. A lot of the parks have, have had a go at it now. Uh, but obviously, for the most part, their their rides geared towards kind of older older guests. Uh, to have one that is very much targeted at young kids um, and is able to offer like launches, which are generally associated with bigger, scarier rides, I, yeah. I think is really cool. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, it's got a good sense of speed. Actually, like mm. I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I think if you're a kid, it will it'll really be quite quite the thrill it's it's a great entry coaster i think yes definitely it's, it's a gateway it's a, drug hell yeah gateway hell coaster. Yeah. i mean because i always said when people would used to think of sort of coasters that are very clearly aimed at, at young kids you were thinking the stuff like woody woodpecker and barnstormer and flying unicorn and slinky dog is a massive step up on those the queues can get long. I mean, outside Galaxy's Edge, this thing was posting, I would say, more often than not, the longest queue in the park. It, it, there was some competition between it and Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror, for reasons we will get on to. But I think definitely worth doing at least once. Yeah. Uh, if, if you find yourself in Hollywood Studios. I, I will say, though... I think it's quite difficult to do everything in Hollywood Studios in a day, even with Genie uh, Plus. But certainly without it, I think you'd be struggling to get, you know, the two Star Wars or the two Galaxy's Edge rides done, plus Tower of Terror, plus Slinky Dog. I think the wait times for those four, so Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, Tower of Terror and Slinky Dog, that's a... That's a lot of time you would yeah. be spending in in lines if you and then you've got if you, all of the like side attractions. Well, not side attractions necessarily, but like you know, you got Mickey, you got uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, Star Tours, Muppets. Yeah, um, exactly. The shows. It's it feels a strange thing to say about a, a park that's undergone such massive change over the last few years and does have a good lineup of rides but i think because it, it almost the the balance between the kind of e-ticket rides and everything else is almost i think it's too skewed towards e-ticket rides i mean hollywood studios maybe more than any other disney park has rides that you that you go to the park for you know what i mean like animal yeah. kingdom has avatar flight of passage which is a which is a a reason to go to that park and everything else is almost a is a bonus but everyone really wants to do avatar whereas hollywood studios has got a few of those now it doesn't have enough that are kind of just there to eat up people throughout the day and help keep queue times down elsewhere so yeah, for sure. i mean that, that's the thing about magic kingdom as crazy as magic kingdom can be when you're just walking around I think, you know, you go back and listen to our Magic Kingdom trip report. A running theme was that wait times were never anywhere close to being as long as uh, they as they looked. And I think the reason is that it's just got a lot of rides. And all right, it's not got anything of the level of a rise of the resistance, but it's got a few in a kind of one or two tiers down from that. And then it's just got loads of other stuff that 
will just eat up people over the course of the day. Hollywood Studios needs a few more like that, you know, some flat rides that can just take on board a lot of people. And I think it's worth remembering as well that it used to have like the Little Mermaid musical show, which was closed when we were there. I I don't know if that's a permanent thing or if that's ever going to come back, but that would have taken a decent number of people in every time that was on. And, uh, you know, they need some more attractions, whether they're rides or shows or parades or or something, just something to take people away from some of these rides and help keep some of these lines down. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I mean, this park used to have the uh, almighty uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show. Of course. Um, Yes. There's a Where? there's a frozen sing along now I think in there. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. Um for the first time in forever a frozen sing along celebration. Um I don't think anyone's going to be asking for my dad's autograph after coming out of that, but uh times right, change, no. you know. I think Frozen's probably a, a bigger get these days than who wants to be a millionaire. Who who would who would have thought yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, can you imagine if for some reason someone did ask your dad for an autograph coming out of Frozen, he would have had to put in an absolute banging performance of... <laughs> I mean, what would his go-to Frozen track be that might give oh. someone a reason to ask for an autograph? I don't, yeah, that's a, a tough one. I I, like, I think the one that he, he could pull off the best is probably the opening, like the introductory song that all of the, uh, the old kind of the old boys the workers on the ice fields on the fjords that's probably the one he could do the best justice but it's, not it's lost not, not lost in the woods from the second one uh i'm not sure i know that off the top of my head it's been a while since well, that almost sounds one. like it could be a queen song or something oh yeah that's, yeah it could be yeah. could be a good one i don't know have they got the second films from the songs from the second one in there i don't know I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. We, did, we didn't, didn't do, do it. it. But Lost in the Woods is an absolute banger, so they should really put that in there, even if it doesn't fit with what they're going for. Just shove it in there. Go on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's Toy Story Land. I, I, like I said, the rides that are there are all really good. Some grease perhaps needed to... Uh, loosen two of them up a little bit yes so yeah i think it will it will feel like a more compelling uh overall experience once they've got a shop and a restaurant in there just give more people again it'll be another good way of encouraging people to spend a little exactly get people to spend a little more time in there yeah 100 percent. so i guess if you come if you come sort of carry on going clockwise out of there you come to Animation Courtyard, like you say, the uh, um, Little Mermaid show's not running. Did you do? Uh, did you go through the Walt Disney uh, One Man's Dream or the exhibition there at all? Did you do that this time? Or have you ever done that? I have done that before, yes. Uh, we did not do it this time. I always used to like that the most because they would often have sort of models, scale models and things uh, showing off future attractions at Disney World. So I remember going in there once when they were working on the big redevelopment of Fantasyland and they had a big model of it in there, which was really cool to see 
I don't know if anything what what they would have in there right now. Uh, um, the uh, preview, broke, maybe tr- broken promises of new Epcot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, quite probably it probably would be Epcot, wouldn't it? That, that's probably yeah. the largest scale project they've got at the moment. Yeah, at, so, in yeah. at Disney World anyway. I guess uh, you, if you were look, to look further afield, maybe you could do uh, the new land in Tokyo Disney. That's like the um, fancy yeah. themed new land there, or Hong Kong, or Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, that um, could make sense, I suppose. But like I said, we didn't go in there this time. You just you just don't really have time to do stuff like that. We found you, you're kind of on the move all the time, going in between the the e-ticket attractions because the queues for pretty much all of them are are quite intense. Yeah, hundred um, uh, percent. But, but I guess what, what I was going to move on to then. I don't know what you, what you were going to say, Tom. There. No, no, no. I I was just going to say that that we on both days when it came to genie plus like i said we were using it on things by the end of the day on stuff like the the alien swirling saucers but the the key ride for us uh, on genie plus on both days was tower of terror uh, that was the one that felt like it justified the genie plus purchase by itself because how because of how crazy the queues were getting for that the standby weights for that ride we saw go as high as sort of 140 150 minutes so that just gives you an idea of quite how quite how busy hollywood studios gets yeah it's it's such a draw as well hollywood you know the tower of terror the hollywood tower uh building uh, you know, you look down Sunset Boulevard, and there it is, standing at the end. I think it's it's one of the best views of the theme parks. Um, looking down Sunset Boulevard to the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's one of my favourite sight lines, yeah, certainly in the Disney parks as well. And, but, and yeah, at night time, obviously they're doing the special effects for the fiftieth uh, anniversary. Uh, did you see mm. any of them? No, we di- we didn't quite make it to to any of the nighttime entertainment on either day. Uh, it's worth noting on the first day at Hollywood Studios there were just the three of us. My my dad was kind of recovering from a bad case of of the cold, and my sister was 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 bed bound with it. So there were just three of us on the first day, and then the second time we were there, it was kind of our last full long day at a park. I think everyone just sort of ran out of steam by the end of both days. So we didn't get to see any of the nighttime stuff, unfortunately. But yeah, what they do with the with the Hollywood Tower building does sound neat. And they do some uh, do some stuff on the Chinese theatre as well, I believe, in terms of projections at nighttime. Because Fantasmic is still not... It might be back as of the release of this episode, but it was not back... When we were there, I'm not quite sure right. when Fantasmic was due to return. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure it is back yet, actually, but it can't be much longer. Okay, well, later this year we have a new theme, new scene. Sorry, not theme. 
Huh. Uh, just says returning in 2022, according to this. So we don't right. know when. Um, okay. So while we're, while we're down Sunset Boulevard talking about Terra Terra, Tom, uh, why did why was the queue so bad? What what's the issue here? Well, it seems like essentially half the uh, half of the shafts are not open. What? Yeah, so I don't quite know why. Pastor John did suggest to me, and forgive me, I can't remember if this was like he knew this 100% or whether there was a little bit of speculation on his part, but essentially it's it's not a dissimilar situation to, uh, you know, reasons why certain things about theme park rides just never get fixed or take ages to fix. And it's just because to fix it, you would, the the work required is is so extensive that you're probably looking at a, a, a total shutdown of the ride to get it done. Wow. So instead of doing that, they're just running it essentially at half capacity. So that's why or that that's one of the reasons why the queues get get so long. And why <laughs> getting a a genie plus uh, booking for for Tower of Terror, I think, is a good one. A good one to get. Because the thing at Hollywood Studios is that the only lightning lane, individual lightning lane attraction there, is Rise of the Resistance. Right. Everything else you can get through your bog bog standard Genie Plus. And Tower of Terror, I think, is is a good option because, as I say, that the standby waits can get absolutely crazy. So when we did it on both days, we got very lucky on the first day. We we had uh, we had not really done the Genie Plus bookings as optimally as we could have. I think uh, we went with Toy Story Mania. I think as our first booking, and then by the time we were off that, so we'd gone and done the Galaxy's Edge stuff, and then had the booking ready to go and do Toy Story Mania. And by the time we came off that, I think Tower of Terror. You were already looking at a, a quite late in the day booking if you wanted to do that one. Right. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, uh, one opened up almost imminently. Someone must Whoa. have cancelled, or who knows why. But we—I just so happened to be looking at at the at the app at the time and was able to sneak in there. And that that felt a little bit like we'd gamed the system somehow <laughs> and got got very lucky because we we basically ended up walking on. Uh, Tower of Terror is one of the rides where you also have to tap in a second time if you've got the lightning lane. So they'll have the magic band readers at the front of the line and then they'll have it again just before you go through into, I guess, what you would consider the pre-show where you get locked in that room and, yes, and watch the little the, bit on uh, the TV. and At like the bellhop uh, counter, as it were. People love that stuff. There are people in there reciting the dialogue off by off by heart it's it's a classic yeah big fan uh this is what has very often made this park number one for me in my heart uh, yeah in the u.s this is obviously where i spent my 18th birthday that time uh, which you can see in vlog form on the channel <laughs> i i'm i'm a bit nervous you know about about the future of tower of terror because Obviously, it's beloved and a classic 
But we saw what they did in California, turning it into Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's yeah. been very well received, to be fair. But yes, they've held off doing anything similar in Florida. And of course, we've now got a Guardians ride in Florida over at Epcot with Cosmic Rewind, so it would maybe be a little strange to have another Guardians ride at Hollywood Studios. I guess the only thing is if if it's right that to to fix up the, the shafts that aren't running right now, uh, you would need to basically close the whole thing down for an extended period of time. Would they consider that an excuse or a reason to to think about a re-theme at all? You know, if it's got to go down for uh, for a period of time anyway perhaps that's something that that they might consider or maybe I'm you know this is purely baseless speculation and and I'm just trying to scare you Josh for for poops and giggles well i consider me uh, scared tom uh, i i am nervous that this run might may uh, go the way of the dodo um Obviously, this is the de facto best version of this ride. All the others are using uh, a different setup, using the same setup as the one that's now uh, Mission Breakout in California, whereas obviously this one has the uh, separate show shaft to the uh, drop shaft. Um, and the, and you had the uh, uh, you have the section in, the, in between obviously, which you don't get in California or any other uh, Tarotero equivalent in the world. So um, I am hoping that this one stays. Um, but, yeah, I can, I can see it going. That's the scary thing. It's kind of amazing, speaking of how, you know, speaking of scary things, the ride is still scary. I still get scared. Like, even though I've done it plenty of times by now and kind of know when the drop's coming and and whatever yeah. else the the way it builds tension is masterful it really is they do a yeah, fantastic job and the cast members play their part as well uh, i think I in so. terms of you know you've got some rides where your mileage may vary in terms of how much fun the cast members want to have like revenge of the mummy was always quite a good example you know, sometimes you'd have cast members who are really playing into it, pretending to be possessed, having a great time, creeping kids yeah. out. It's fantastic. And then sometimes you don't get any of that. Whereas with Tower of Terror, it feels like every bellhop is on is on form. Yeah, uh, whenever for sure. I've I... done it, they've always had a little bit of fun with, with the think... guests as you're waiting to to go. Yeah, this is this is the standout attraction for that at this park. I think you know uh, you kind of got Jungle Cruise at Magic Kingdom, uh, you got the Safari at Animal Kingdom, and I think it's Terra Terra here at Hollywood Studios that it really stands out as the ride that uh, cast members who are really passionate, you know, want to do. It's it's the uh, golden ticket sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I I hope it doesn't ever change. Obviously, it's it's really really good. And of course, you know, there were rumours for years and years and years that the ride just next door, Rock and Roller Coaster, would would change, and that has never 
come to pass. So, yeah, Jonas Bros seemed right. It was one of the big rumors at one point, and imagine it, that. It sure was. It sure was. Yeah, alas, no Jonas Brothers re-theme has been forthcoming. They're just waiting for Tato, Josh. That's what yeah, I. I actually think you know if you're going to do a Jonas, if you're going to reimagine it as a Jonas Brothers ride, you almost have to uh, blow the back out of the building and extend it so that there's three different directions you can go halfway through the ride. <laughs> I'd be I'd be down. Yeah, and then you get the music of uh, one of the three brothers at that point, depending on which route you went. Hell yeah! Yeah, hell yeah! Uh, well, did you do any... Rock and Roller Coaster? Uh, yes, not on the first day, but on the second day we did, yeah. Had a, had a slightly odd experience. I mean, not not an odd experience, but uh, we, we we queued as a group of three. My mum doesn't do this one, so it's me and my dad and my sister. And we got to, obviously, it's uh, rows of two. So my dad and sister went together, and then I went uh, with... Uh, I was next to someone who turned out to be a single rider, uh, and this guy's dad was a couple rows down and he asked me if I would swap with him. Um, him and his son had clearly both gone on as single riders. Yeah. Uh, and and I was, you know, obviously fine with this, makes no odds which stranger I happened to be sitting next to, so why not? Uh, but then a cast member sort of intervened and was like, no, no, you can't do that. Go back, please, sir. Huh. And it's a sort of... Uh, you understand why they they they've clearly got this blanket rule you can't be seen to i mean that that's the trade off of the single rider line isn't it your party will be split and if your party yeah. has been split to get you uh you know one step away from being on the ride you can't then let those parties work out among this ain't sea world josh as we'll get to on the sea world trip report Guests aren't left to their own devices when it comes to loading onto the ride. These cast members know what they're doing. So yes. it, it was a weird one. It's like it was a bit of a lose-lose for that particular cast member, I think, because in my head there was part of me that thought, I mean, come on, just let us do the swap. We're almost we've almost done it anyway, you know, it's Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like you can't have one rule for them. You'll have other people asking to do it and then it all breaks down, so I understand why they just have to apply this blanket policy. But you know, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is. Good ride, yeah. though, Josh. That launch is still pretty intense. And again, much like Tower of Terror, even though you know it's coming, when they literally count you down, <laughs> still kind of get. It still kind of gets you. And I do wonder if part of it both in the case of this and Tower of Terror, actually, is is because you are at Disney, you almost end up in a full, with a sort of false sense of security and you forget quite how intense those two rides can be. Uh, you know, you, you, you're at Universal or Busch Gardens and you're queuing up to go on Iron Gwazi or Hulk or, or something like that. You, yeah, you're kind of ready for a real thrill. You're kind of ready to be thrown around a little bit and feel all those G's, those sweet, sweet G's. Whereas at Disney, you're sort of queuing up and thinking, ah, you know, this is for babies. This is, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're launching out of out of the station on Rock and Roller Coaster. I don't know, quite know how 
fast that launch goes. I don't think it's quite the 60 miles an hour of Hulk or the north of 70 of Velocicoaster, but still a good launch. And of course, you're in the dark. So yes, from that point with Aerosmith on, music, which is great. Yeah, it, it, you're kind of lost for 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 any sense of 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 place or or being, which again it, I think add, adds to it. It is 57 miles per hour. Oh, okay, that's pretty nippy. It's pretty nippy. It's faster yeah. than than a lot of highways in America, that's for sure. True, true, but not the autobahn. No, oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, funny thing is, everyone, I'm actually dead by the time you hear this. I I died on the autobahn. Yeah. What, what no, a way nothing to go. that nothing that Josh did wrong. It wasn't an accident. That life just literally vacated my body. My soul yeah. just just flew away as we hit 140. I was like, I, I, it just was too much for me. Uh, Again, yeah. you know, some people are born with it, Tom. Some people uh, can't handle it. Rock and roller coaster, uh, still good. Uh, and yeah. then I guess you know where, where, which way do you want to walk from from there? Where, where are we going Just, now? I'm assuming you didn't do while we're here up in the weird corner, round the corner from Tarotero. You didn't do uh, the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. No, and I I really have no idea what that even is. I'm very ignorant <laughs> about about cars in general, all things cars. I've seen Cars 1 and really didn't like it very much, and I never saw any of the other Cars movies, and, and I don't know what this Cars attraction is. No idea. Uh, fair. Uh, you go... You probably... Do you even know where it is? Have you, like, did Not you really, no. I don't, I don't think I could tell you how to get there. You go down the road towards uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, and then you have to go uh, where the queue is for Rock and Roller. You go past that, and it's sort of back there randomly. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Strange. Um, and hmm. um, Lightning McQueen's there, and some of the other characters, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a show. Um, it's like hmm. ten minutes long. Uh, I've never done it. Uh, again, I always forget that it's there myself. Yeah, easy one to miss. Yes, I think for sure. Unless you're like a real, unless your child's a die-hard Cars fan, I, I think it's probably one that you avoid. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, and what you can do instead, if you're at Rock and Roller Coaster or Terror Terror, is you can walk back up Sunset Boulevard and go to something like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway instead. You certainly can. You certainly can. This thing, again, can obviously build some pretty hefty queues. And this was actually one of the few Disney rides that, to me, I, th- I think on a few cases, we did this one twice. I think on at least one occasion, uh, one of the two occasions, the, the the wait time was longer than it said it was. But it feels long anyway. It's one of those queues that just feels long. As I said earlier, there's a good chunk of it at first, which is outside. It's obviously in the old Chinese theatre building where the great movie ride used to be, RIP. Yeah. So a good chunk of of it is outside to start with, and you're kind of exposed to the elements, so you can get very, very hot out there. Then once you get into the building, 
again there's not a lot going on there's a bit of going back on your on yourself and it it feels like it moves quite slowly and eventually you know you're ushered through to uh, a kind of showroom where you watch a little bit of a mickey and mini cartoon there's quite a clever effect where uh, there's kind of a an explosion on the screen during the cartoon and the smoke that it produces then starts to fill the front of the room you are in oh, and then cool. once it kind of has blown away you you see that it that, that a, a hole has been blown in the wall and that's where you walk through to then get into kind of the last bit of queuing before you get onto the ride itself that's uh, cool which ostensibly looks like a train but you soon find out that this is uh, again one of these all the rage trackless rides and it means that you're not in a traditional train formation for long and if you thought the big thunder mountain was a wild railway experience well let me tell you this one may be even crazier because the train oh, literally really? comes apart and all the carriages can go off their own separate ways. You might have been at the front of the train at the start of the ride and you might be halfway down the back by the time it finishes because they can all sort of change direction and oh, the train cool. will end up in a different order by the end. So that's all very cool. This is clearly kind of the future of... Well, this technology is not going anywhere. I think you're probably going to see it reused i'll be curious to see if universal indulge uh at epic universe uh, and maybe come up with a with a ride uh or, or an ip that that would suit this kind of ride system uh, but in the case of this i think it works really well i mean it's 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 mad it, it's not a very cohesive ride but kind of by design so it starts yeah. with kind of a train ride through the countryside while Mickey and Minnie are off having a picnic. And then you kind of essentially go through a lot of different skits, which could be completely different Mickey and Minnie cartoon episodes, uh, which don't really feel particularly connected, but that's kind of fine. It's almost just an excuse to show off different animation styles, different ways in which the ride vehicle can move and throw you around. You're in one room where there's a tornado and, you're spinning around and there's like wind blowing through your hair. There's another room where Daisy Duck is teaching you how to dance and they manage to make it feel like you're doing the, the cha-cha and then the waltz and that's all quite good fun. Uh, there's a section where it feels like you're going over the side of a waterfall. So it's one of those oh, rides cool. where you're kind of always looking forward to what trick they're going to pull on you next. Yeah. And it's great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't help but sort of miss the great movie ride, but I, I think you probably couldn't make. Uh, well, the, the Wicked Witch of the West and Galaxy's Edge, so it's fine. To, to keep... That is true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, fitting because of course, going into this, it was being billed as the first Mickey Mouse theme park ride. Bizarrely enough. Yeah, it's and kind I think of wild, you know, yeah. it's fitting of the man. Or the mouse. Or the mouse. Proud. It, all, it all started with a mouse. Um, it all yeah, started it with was... a train, really, uh, if you think about it as well. But uh, there you go. It was my first real exposure to this sort of new 
well, I don't know how new it is at this point, but this this art style, you know, it's it's it matches the whatever the current iteration of Mickey and Minnie and Friends is that cartoon yes. series. Yeah, I don't know which, how long it's been. It's been going for a few years, right? But uh, it's a bit Ren and Stimpy. It looks like you know, it's a bit Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's a bit. I guess. Yeah, I think it's and it's relatively well regarded, though. I think so. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's always good to see some two D animation. The 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 only times it kind of breaks a little bit, it, it uses sort of projection tech in the same way uh, that the Mind Train does, the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, and the Frozen. Uh, Frozen Ever After at Epcot to kind of project Mickey and Minnie's face onto 3D models. But of course, this art style was designed with 2D in mind, so it doesn't translate super well to 3D. It's a little bit like The Simpsons in that regard. Uh, And I did have one very freaky moment where there was clearly some sort of glitch when it came to the Mickey Mouse projection specifically, and in the opening scene... Mickey's head rather than it being Mickey's face animating on there was basically just like a Windows 10 error screen it was <laughs> it was oh, really God. weird and very scary uh, you know I would hate to have been a kid and maybe that would have been your first experience you'd probably be scarred for life <laughs> well, I mean, but, uh, cl- clearly the kid has never used Windows 10 before no but a good ride and you know the, it bit of a, a catch twenty two because or a chicken and egg situation because the queue can feel long, but the ride is quite long. To be fair, you're you're on it for a decent chunk of time, so you, yeah. you feel like you've got decent value for for money if you like in terms of how long That's you're good. queued versus how long you're actually on the ride for. So, yeah, a nice addition, I'd say. Cool. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's one of the ones that I'm definitely, um, kind of gutted to be missing out on here at, at, right, at yes. Disney in general. Mm. Um, yeah, because it does look like uh, I would very much enjoy that one, like you say. Um, God, I think that's like all of the rides, right? All of the proper rides. Uh, yeah. Did you do? Did you do any shows? Did you do indie? Did you do the Muppets? Yes, the Muppets is still fantastic. Delighted to say, I'd forgotten actually some of the uh, some of the stuff that goes on beyond just what's happening on the three D screen itself. So obviously, I remember mm. Statler and Wardorf up on uh, up in their box seats, cracking wise. They are still excellent, but I'd forgotten as well how you have the Swedish Chef in the back, for example, and. Yeah, he's running uh, the show right back there. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was quite a nice, not surprise because you know, obviously, it, it, you know, I remembered when it when it did happen. But there's more to that show than I had initially remembered, which was which was good. And again, much like Tower of Terror, much like Rock and Roller Coaster, I hope it never goes anywhere. It was very quiet uh, when we did it. It was not close to full. Uh, the the show we were in and that wait time never goes beyond 10 minutes much like star tours yeah so you know i hope i hope it never ends up on the cutting room floor it, it's fantastic and uh yeah it's probably my favorite 3d show it's 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 that or fill our magic uh indiana jones however so this was 
closed for a long time uh, after covid or after you know after the the first wave of covid came back not that long ago uh, they reworked it somewhat and it's kind of massively compromised now i'd be interested again if people can clarify this to me because I, I we did it and you know massive sequences that we remembered were just gone oh wow so the most notable being the the plane set piece towards the end with the big bodybuilder who fights Indy you know the guy oh, yeah. who in Raiders gets his face you know chewed up by the propeller yeah so that whole sequence which is the grand finale of the stunt spectacular back in the day was gone Wow. Now, I, I raised this and on Twitter and I got some mixed messages. Some people seem to think that we might have just got a bit unlucky and they just sometimes don't do the full show at the moment. Oh. For whatever reason, like maybe on particularly busy days if they want the show to be shorter so they can put it on at more points during the day. Because in fairness, they, there were more show times than I remembered there being. Right. But it, it, we came out of it feeling pretty bummed because it, it makes such a strong start still. The boulder sequence is the same as it was previously and, and that's still really well done. But then from there on out, it feels very compromised. There's a lot of listening to the crew talk and pat themselves on the back, which was always quite endearing. But when it feels like it's 75% that, and only 25% watching actual stunts, it gets a little tired, to be honest. So that yeah. was a real, that was a real bummer. And like, uh, you know, I, I'd like to hear from anyone who can maybe clarify exactly what the state of that is right now, if I was unlucky or if that's just how it is. If that's just how it is, I don't know if I'd recommend it. Certainly if you've done it before, if if you've got fond memories of indie then I think you'd be a little bummed out if you went and did it now and, and that's what you get. Uh, if you're doing it for the first time, then there's still moments that do impress. But as someone who knew what it what it once was, I, yeah, found it to be quite disappointing. Yeah, that is that is a bummer. There's no, no guns, right? No guns. I, ooh, I don't remember. Why would there not be any guns? There was a thing. They took the guns out. Did they take the guns out? Yeah, so well, the scene... Because yeah, I... they, they used to recreate the scene, right, where he shoots the the sword guy. Right. And they, yeah, they've I taken that out of the show. They they've take... taken the gun out of the show. Right. I mean, a part of it is that, like, it's not just they've taken guns out of scenes. They've just taken scenes away, as I say. So I struggle... <laughs> I'm struggling to remember exactly what did happen. I mean, as I say, the boulder scene was all the same from what I could tell. And then from that point onwards, really, it felt very stripped back. And I'm struggling to remember exactly what was there and what wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, it it, it wasn't great. I, I, I'm a little bit sad by what, uh, by what has become of indie, uh, especially given they've, you know, got the new film coming out next year. It would be nice if they got this back to where it once was, but 
maybe that's just how it is. I, I don't doubt it was an expensive show to put on, but, you know, knowing what it once was, it's not great. Yeah, a bum, bit of a bummer. It seems like uh, they kind of focus it around uh, kind of the safety aspects of the show. So they, you know, uh, they've mentioned, so I'm reading an article on Blog Mickey here from December where talking about taking out the guns uh and yes yeah, so they've taken out the word dangerous about the special effects and the um uh explosions gunfire that sort of thing so trying to make it more like hey this is all controlled and safe and one way of doing that is to take the guns out i guess or take the take the pistol out so indy right. no longer has a pistol there are still machine guns but there are no pistols because everyone knows pistols are the real danger. Yeah, well, let's not wade into the inconsistencies when it comes to America's relationship with guns. You know, we could be here for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, so we'd have perhaps, to make a third podcast for that. Yeah, perhaps we'll move on from this. I, yeah, I didn't didn't do any other shows or or attractions really. Uh, I've got some had some food. Uh, we could talk oh, we yeah, quickly food. talk about some of the food that we had. So I think I talked about the breakfast wrap I had in Galaxy's Edge on the last episode. So I won't talk about that. I'll just talk about the stuff that I had outside Galaxy's Edge. So I will say I think Hollywood Studios has the worst Starbucks of the four Disney parks at Disney World. Not because of what they offer or because of the service, but purely because... There's just not much seating. Uh, you right. kind of have to wander off, and, and your best bet is probably to go somewhere by Echo Lake or or perhaps by the Dockside Diner, which, which is on Echo Lake. Uh, speaking of which, I had a very, very nice shrimp roll from the Dockside Diner. I had it on the first day, really, really enjoyed it. And, and recommended it so heartily that my mum got it on the second day and she also thought it was very, very nice. So that's an easy recommendation from myself if you're looking for something for lunch at Hollywood Studios. The shrimp roll at the Dockside Diner comes with uh, some, some quite nice crisps or, or chips, the flavour of which I could not place at all, weirdly. There was a, a nice kick to them. I, I for a moment thought maybe they're barbecue, then I thought maybe they're more like a sweet chilli, but yeah, I couldn't really place it, but there's a nice kick to them anyway. Uh, also, the best frozen lemonade I had across the whole trip. I like a frozen lemonade when I'm in Florida. And uh, yeah, the Dockside Diner delivered on that front as well. So I would highly recommend Dockside Diner as, as an option. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I also had, so somewhat bizarrely, uh, one of the kind of marquee Star Wars food offerings at, at the park is not in Galaxy's Edge. So the Wookiee Cookie is instead sold at the uh, the Backlot Express, which is next to Star Tours. Now, I guess the reasoning for this is that Galaxy's Edge, much like the Harry Potter lands, everything that's sold in there or the I imagine sort of 99% of the stuff that's sold in there is kind of meant to be in-universe, if you like. Yeah. This Wookiee cookie wouldn't really work in that context. So this is essentially two oatmeal cookies uh, filled with cream, I guess. It's almost like uh, 
it's a little bit akin to maybe the icing you'd get on top of a cupcake uh, and then it's got like a chocolate bar on top that looks like Chewbacca's bandolier I was really excited for this I'd built it up a lot in my head I didn't love it I found it very sickly and overwhelming and uh, when it comes to thing park cookies uh, I will wax lyrical about this when we get to Islands of Adventure but comfortably still the best the chocolate chip cookie at Islands of Adventure's Croissant Moon Bakery. I thought the Wookiee Cookie might be, if anything was going to top it, it would be the Wookiee Cookie, but it doesn't come close. I, I, I thought it was a bit much. I could not get close to eating it or I needed assistance. And uh, beyond that, I think that's everything I had to eat, As a, other than, as I say, the, the breakfast wrap in, uh, in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, oh, no! In fact, how could I forget? How could I forget? How could on the second on the second day, we had dinner at Hollywood Studios in the ABC Commissary, uh, where okay. I think everyone had a burger of some description. I think Mum and yeah. Dad both had a chicken burger. Uh, my sister had the vegan burger. Uh, I had the shrimp tacos on the recommendation of Pastor John himself. And it was really good. Came with some nice sort of Mexican style rice uh, and some refried beans. Uh, it was just two shrimp tacos. Uh, and again, you know, I think as I said on the Magic Kingdom episode, where I was kind of giving some slightly more general thoughts on what I made of the food across Disney World. Very impressed. Good quality stuff. Reasonably priced as far as Thing Park grub goes. Uh, and again, good options, as I say. Mum and Dad were able to 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 have a chicken burger without an issue. There was a, a decent fish option for myself there, and my sister was impressed with her vegan burger. So everyone enjoyed their meal at the ABC Commissary very very much. And in terms of seating, that was maybe one of the best uh, quick service restaurants that 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 I could see uh, across the four parks. Lots of seating, nicely air conditioned inside. It was good. So I'd recommend that as well. But I do think the Dockside Diner was probably the the standout because it was kind of a little bit off the cuff. I I just fancied something at lunchtime on, I think, day one at Hollywood and uh, kind of took a punt on it and it was very good. So there you go. There you go. Some some strong food options there for you if you you do make it that way. Absolutely. Yes. Cool. And I, think I, think, that's, I think that's it. I think that's it, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, uh, recommendation. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. It is home to some of the very best rides in Florida. There is no doubt about that. But it was on both days. Of course, one of them was May the fourth. So don't forget that. But uh, both days felt extraordinarily busy some of the longest wait times that you will find at any of the Florida parks. And I'd imagine that on any given day, if you looked at the top 10 wait times in Florida's theme parks, there's a very good chance that three, maybe four of them will be in Hollywood Studios. Uh, I'd imagine Rise of the Resistance, Tower of Terror, 
slinky dog would likely all be there and then you might also on certain days at certain times smugglers run might sneak in so it's it's in terms of queue times it's pretty brutal keep that in mind i think it does need a few additions to to support the huge interest that there now is in hollywood studios because of how incredible frankly their e-ticket rides are yeah but i think it's a weird park right in that sense because it feels quite compact there's a lot going on but it feels quite compact whereas yes uh magic kingdom or epcot or animal kingdom there's a lot of uh space there's a lot of walking around so it feels a little bit more open generally Yes, 100%. It was not my favourite park to navigate at all, now that you mention it. So keep that in mind as well, for sure. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you're a theme park fan, you owe it to yourself to do some of these rides that this park has. So you kind of have to suck it up, really. <laughs> but just know what you're getting in for in terms of the crowds. I think it probably felt the busiest of any of the parks that we did. Uh, I don't know if that would have actually bared out in the numbers. Probably were more people in Magic Kingdom on the day that we were there. But Hollywood Studios just felt busier. Just felt busier. Yeah. But, you know. Pretty good. Pretty good theme park. <laughs> Recommended. Yeah. yeah. It's alright, I suppose. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, and that does it, I think, for Disney World. We've done all four of them now. There's uh, trip reports, 20, 2022 trip reports. So uh, I guess unless your, your fam have a remarkably uh, distinct experience that maybe warrants Mother Lawrence coming back on, uh, the show. I, I think that's it for Park Rush Disney World trip reports for for the foreseeable. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I uh, would say so. Yeah. There you go. Um, maybe maybe uh, I'll get get her on for a quick update after they've been just to see what they thought of the place. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be pretty much it. Yeah. As I said, I'll put in the show notes links to the Twitter threads from from the two days at Hollywood Studios, if you kind of want to relive it, uh, as I did. And there are some pictures and videos on on those threads as well. There's also some, some pictures and, and videos from Hollywood Studios on, on our various other socials. Uh, you can find them all at links.parkrush.com. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so podcast at parkrush.com. And you can tweet us as well at parkrushpodcast. So... Uh, we will be back next week. We'll be back in the country after Euro Rush uh, oh as this goes out. I hope you've all enjoyed the content we've been putting out, assuming we've been putting content out. If we haven't, something's gone <laughs> badly wrong somewhere. But uh, next week, I think the plan will be to kind of check in with you all so far as the podcast is concerned and kind of give kind of our broad overview thoughts on on Euro Rush and, and catch up on, on any major news that we might have missed while we were away. Uh, and then and then trip reports will resume, I think, the week after that. We'll, we'll finish off these Florida trip reports before we 
before we get into the Europe ones. I think I think that's the plan, Josh. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So, just to lay it all out there, uh, left to cover, so far as Florida is concerned, are Islands of Adventure, Universal Studios, Bush Gardens, and SeaWorld. Those are uh, the four Florida trip reports still to come uh, from us here at Park Rush. Uh, in the meantime, everyone, take it easy and stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time here. Goodbye. See ya. Bye.